You're listening to WNYU 89.1 FM New York and online everywhere at WNYU.org. Today is Wednesday, December 16th. I'm your host, Kate Hines. This is The Rundown. You're listening to 89.1 FM WNYU New York. Kelly Drake kicks things off tonight with the Rundown's Word of the Week. I'm Kelly Drake, and I'm kind of a word nerd. Every morning, I wake up to the Merriam-Webster Word of the Day in my email inbox. Every week on the Rundown, I'll be telling you about my favorite word from the previous week. This week's word? Flout. Verb to treat with contemptuous disregard, to indulge in scornful behavior. For close to 100 years, people have been confusing this word with the similar-sounding flaunt. Though their meanings are different, you can find these words mixed up in even some of the most professional writing. This is so common, the dictionary even includes the definition of flout under its entry for flaunt. There still are some word nerds out there who will be picky with this technicality, so make sure you choose your words wisely if you're writing your term papers this week. That's all for the Word of the Week. Now, back to the news. Last week, Governor Cuomo announced plans to close indoor dining as New York prepares for another lockdown. Misty Avenger has the updates. Uh... When does it end? It ends when the vaccine hits a critical mass. On Monday, December 7th, Governor Cuomo updated New Yorkers on COVID-19. In New York City, you put the CDC caution on indoor dining together with the rate of transmission and the density and the crowding. That is a bad situation. One of the biggest updates to come out of the press conference was that indoor dining will be closed in New York City, while in the surrounding state, it will be based on a continued review of coronavirus data. Outside of New York City uh, and in the orange zones, we're going to watch the indoor dining data. The numbers are down in the chart, uh, but we're going to watch uh, over this weekend and we'll make any adjustments next week if the data suggests Many people are outraged by the information, and the restaurant business will suffer greatly during this COVID winter. Federal government must provide relief to these bars and restaurants in this next package. Uh, I understand uh, battling COVID. I also understand you're wiping out businesses. We'll do what we can in New York. We're going to extend the commercial eviction moratorium. Uh, So if a business can't pay the rent, Uh, Because of this situation, they won't be uh, evicted. But Cuomo is hoping this will decrease the COVID hospitalization spike we've seen in the past week. As of right now, outdoor dining and delivery are still available. For The Rundown, I'm Misty Avenger, and you're listening to WNYU 89.1 FM. Queens is home to New York City's biggest compost processing site. But by the end of the year, the site may lose its home. For The Rundown, I'm Julie Levy. COVID has affected nearly all facets of normal operation, including city composting. In April, due to a shift in resources towards COVID-specific support, 
the Department of Sanitation decided to suspend its food scraps operations until at least the next fiscal year, and food scrap drop-off sites were closed to enforce social distancing. People who typically dropped off or got their food scraps collected to be processed into compost essentially had two options. Throw the food scraps into the garbage bin to end up in a landfill, or keep accumulating compost in the freezer. Karen Tedesco-Cardoso, a resident of Astoria, Queens, chose the latter. Our freezer was um, overflowing with food scraps. We did not want to throw everything in the garbage. It just, it just felt wrong. So Tedisco Cardoso and her partner Lou Reyes did some research and found a community garden in Queens that was accepting food scraps. They started to bring their food scraps there and offered to pick up and take the food scraps of other Astoria residents to the community garden for them. Astoria Pug, named after their pug, Rocky, was soon collecting up to 500 pounds of food scraps within a single week. We were just speechless. <laughs> it, was, it was just insane. Our car was completely full. Both the trunk and the back seat, um, there were mountains of bags filled with thawing, leaking food scraps juice. Thankfully, within a couple of months, some compost operations started reopening in the city. Reyes works at Big Reuse, one of these compost processing sites, and they were able to organize for the food scraps to be picked up from Astoria Pug and processed at Big Reuse's site in Queensbridge. But that might not be possible for much longer. Big Reuse's lease for the lot, which belongs to the New York City Parks Department, is set to expire at the end of the year, and the Parks Department isn't planning to renew it. Reyes, Tedesco Cardoso's partner, has been using much of his free time to advocate to keep the site at its current location in Queensbridge. I haven't taken a day off, like uh, as a result. Like I use, I use go around, like I use trying to get the word out. I go to a lot of like drop-off sites on Sundays, which are typically my days off, and I just start like um, advocating for this. My motivation is the reality behind all of this is that we are in an environmental crisis. If we, if we take one step forward and then five back, just for the sake of building whatever the commissioner wants to build, that is to, uh, to our detriment. In a statement, Commissioner Silver of the New York City Parks Department said that Parks plans to move operations into that space that would, quote, free up parkland elsewhere to provide recreational amenities for the community. But it's not clear exactly what these recreational amenities would be. In 2019, Big Reuse processed more than a quarter of the total amount of food waste processed by the Department of Sanitation. If the city closes Big Reuse's site in Queensbridge, it'll be much harder for New York City to reach its goal of sending zero waste to landfills by the year 2030, because there just won't be enough space to expand composting operations in the city. Our expansion plans and of, of implementing 24-7 drop-off stations throughout Astoria uh, beginning next year, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be impossible to expand considering all the costs. Even though Big Reuse would be able to transfer their current volume of food scraps to be processed, at a Department of Sanitation site in Staten Island as a temporary solution, Astoria Pug would need to hire a commercial hauler in order to expand their operations in Astoria at a hefty cost of $28 per bin. These days, Astoria Pug is collecting 14 to 16 bins, or about 3,000 pounds of food waste per week. 
Big Reuse's December 31st deadline is quickly approaching, but they're still hoping they can strike an agreement with the Parks Department to extend the lease so they can keep supporting the community through composting. For The Rundown, I'm Julie Levy. An NYU satire blog made a recent resurgence on social media after a two-year hiatus. Misty Avenger talks to the folks at Washington Square Local. Amid the uproar of the WSN mass exodus, another new source on campus is increasing in popularity. It's, it's like... It is a little bit like the NYU version of The Onion. That was Leora Singer. Her and Bennett Gershwin are currently the two co-editors of Washington Square Local. The purpose is to provide um, satirical content and headlines, really just kind of making fun of the NYU community um, and being just like a source of, of like light and humor into people's days, um, just talking about NYU. And it's kind of almost a way to build community because everyone can kind of relate to these headlines. They operated mainly on Facebook, but roughly a month ago, they started an Instagram, which has already received a little over a thousand followers. At first, I was under the impression that Washington Square Local was a new organization on campus. But after sitting down with the co-editors, I learned that wasn't exactly the case. We were on Facebook for the longest time, so we've been a little irrelevant. Washington Square Local made their first Facebook post in 2012, their page currently has over 4,000 likes. Like when I joined, like things would get 200 likes fairly easily. And then by the time things went on, they would just smatter down to like a handful. And I was really afraid that it was like because people just like didn't care about that format anymore. But I mean, the Instagram has proven otherwise. I think part of our struggle as a club is just that nobody has really known us until Lately, some of their headline posts include struggling students unsure where they'd be without weekly we're all in this together email or NYU adds six more layers short answer essay to multi-factor authentication. Even my personal favorite, dismal state of Albert makes students tentative to join NYU web design courses. <laughs> I found out Leora had been the one to push them onto Instagram and it's proven well for their engagement. It was definitely Leora's push to get us on Instagram, which was like huge and like the biggest change that we've had in a while. And it's given them new ideas on how to produce their content. I also want to kind of work on our Twitter in a little bit, because that's a good way to kind of get across, because our headlines are a little bit like tweets. And one thing I was also thinking about is the um, like doing a newsletter at some point, and that could be more of a collaboration if we want to do that. The paper currently has seven members, and I asked them how they've been faring under COVID. Yeah, I think that's almost like our strength is that we have been fully remote the whole time. So we don't we didn't have to kind of configure this whole new thing of like, how do we do this? So it's a way for for all NYU students to come together. And even just looking at our page, since we we make jokes about virtual classes, it, I think it really is kind of a unifying factor, which is also, I think, a reason for our growth during this time. According to the two co-editors, the paper is entirely independent. So as of now, we work 
pretty independently. Um, we are looking a little bit into like collaborating with some of the comedy groups at some point. But yeah, as of now, we're, we're pretty independent. They've discussed ways to get more involved through NYU. Oh yeah, I was thinking about getting us um, on NYU Engage in the beginning of the year. But they found their format unique and want to keep their status as student-run. I'm not sure exactly how that would work with this particular format, um, since part of, I think, what makes us run is that we are very, like, student-driven, um, and we are kind of very, like, grassroots. You can find them on Instagram at Washington Square Local, and if you're looking to improve your skills in satire or just interested in learning how to do comedic writing, be sure to fill out an application. We will have the applications open in late January, so if you are interested in comedy, satire, news, writing, anything within that realm, definitely keep an eye out. We'll post about it on all of our social medias, Um, so yeah. For The Rundown, I'm Misty Avenger, and you're listening to WNYU 89.1 FM. For so many couples, COVID-19 is the ultimate wedding crasher. But rather than put their lives on hold, two native New Yorkers had a wedding with the people who mattered most, each other. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's truly an honor being part of your special day. We're gathered here today to give thanks for the gift of marriage. My name is James Nash. And uh, my name is Chandani Smith. We are engaged. This is the first week of the lockdown when you proposed. Yeah. I felt really dumb because I had the whole thing planned out. I, like a day or two after I got the ring back from the jeweler was lockdown. All the things that you would usually do, like people have engagement parties and like showers and all that other stuff. Like none of that was on the menu for us. Yeah, and then the, the, you know, the financial consideration of like, where are we going to be at economically like a year from now is still really unclear and up in the air and subject to a lot of economic policy decisions that we're not going to have a say in. Yeah, and the idea of spending like, you know, ten to $20,000 on a party when like, you might not have a job, in, yeah. you know, in a few months is kind of crazy. And so now you have to do this thing called Project Cupid, and it's the only way to get married in New York City. In other parts of the state, you can still go to like the courthouse or whatever, because those operations have, for some reason, not opened, even though indoor dining is open, whatever. But it is this incredibly complicated online portal, basically the virtual version of the New York City like a marriage clerk, or maybe it's just she's called the city clerk, who does all of the marriages historically. Like you would go to City Hall, either in downtown Manhattan or at Borough Hall, Brooklyn. You meet with the city clerk, you get your license, and then 24 hours, you get referred to Uh, 24 hours later, you get referred to a justice of the peace or whatever. You give them 25 bucks and they sign it. But now you have to provide your own officiant. We found this officiant on Craigslist who is truly amazing. Um, And I just can't wait to meet this guy, Lenny. He's called Fantasy Weddings NYC. I'm being recorded already. (laughs) So let me be on record. I provide all types of services, but I don't do divorce. It's on record. (laughs) 
yeah and and no one no one's feeling you know any shame or you know any kind of feelings of like oh i shouldn't be doing this because there's a pandemic and really what's important no no it, do what's best for you and your yeah exactly you know your love and your your life there's there's never now is the best time <laughs> You know, you can't put your life on hold because the world is falling apart. We're at Domino Park. We're about to get married in like 10 minutes, <laughs> which is really exciting. I'm feeling great. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. It's like bittersweet, like that we can't do a big thing with all these people, but it's, it's actually so much more fun than I thought. <laughs> but at some point through this crazy epidemic, it decided to get married. Before this moment, you did many things to one another. Acquaintance, companion, and even love. It is now my honor and in the memory of my beloved and by the power invested in me by the state of New York to pronounce you husband and wife. Let me kiss your brother. Oh man, we just did it. We just totally got married. That's so nice. This is my husband. It's my wife. Yeah. That's all for tonight. You can find more on campus news at nyulocal.com. Next up are WNYU podcasts. Thank you for tuning into The Rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM. I'm your host, Kate Hines. Stay safe out there during this snowstorm, NYC. You're listening to 89.1 FM, WNYU, New York.